That passage came to mind for me while I was walking the other night in my neighborhood. I was going down the road and coming towards me was a woman walking her dog. Common sight in my neighborhood, it's perfectly fine. But as I got closer, she stopped. She stopped the dog and she sat down on the sidewalk and looked the dog in the eye and started talking to the dog, which got my attention. Uh, so as I got a little bit closer, she was telling the dog, you know, everything's fine. Just uh, He's the nice man. We're going to just let him walk by. And I was like, do I look that threatening? Uh, so I you know, walked by, smiled, be friendly, you know, y'all have a good evening. <laughs> I did say y'all have a good evening. I, she was talking to the dog. I thought I should too. Uh, but then kind of as I walked past, she said, um, now, you have to understand, I don't have any treats for you right now, so you're just going to have to get up and come with me. And I swear the dog looked at her, and it was as though he just kind of went, and he got up and started walking. And it made me think about this passage, that sometimes we over-complex things, and sometimes it's best to just let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. And that's a peek into the mind of a preacher while they're thinking about these kinds of things and overlapping with everyday life. Let's pray. God, we are grateful that you are merciful. We pray that we may too have opportunities today and in the days to come to put your mercy on display, to practice mercy, to be people of your mercy. We thank you in the name of Jesus, the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. Amen. Jesus has a few go statements in his preaching, mainly in Matthew and Luke. Two gospels that are so connected that sometimes it's like listening to two different people tell the same story. But these ghost statements need our attention today as we round out this opening season of light this year, our year of endurance when we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You probably know the most famous of Jesus' ghost statement. It's at the end of the story when Jesus tells us to go into all the world, make disciples of all peoples, go invite everyone to be Jesus' followers. But as we go, let's go together. Don't just tell people to go, go with them. To do a scripture mashup of stories, if you invite people to walk with Jesus a mile, hold their hand for two miles. Or as my pastor used to say when I was a boy, sometimes you just got to go the extra mile. That first go statement is the one that we learned probably, and maybe you've heard it called this, it was called the Great Commission. But earlier in Jesus, or earlier in Matthew, there's an earlier Great Commission, what I heard one time as the first Great Commission. It's when Jesus quotes an earlier passage of Scripture from the heart of God, actually from the very mouth of God, not go into all the world, 
Not yet, but first go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Mercy comes first. Let me say that again, my dear friends. Mercy comes first. But there's another go statement. It's not in Matthew, but in Luke. That sounds an awful lot like the first Great Commission, but with a twist at the end of the story that demands our attention, but it also demands our action. So now, I want to read you a story to illustrate mercy, especially during this season of light and this little mini-season within the season that I didn't see coming, but I've noticed over the past few weeks maybe even be a season of mercy. It's an invitation, this story is. It's an invitation for us all to be people of mercy. If you have your Bible with you today or if you have a Bible app on your machine, let me invite you to set it aside. Don't, don't get it. But use your imagination. And I invite you to use your imagination to see yourself as every single character in this story. Try to see you in this story. And here it is. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You've given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them, then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever you spend. Which of these three, do you think, was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said... The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise.
Which one is the neighbor? The one who showed mercy. Go and do likewise. Here's where we come into the story. I'm going to say line one. You say line two. And then I'll quote Jesus uh, saying line three. So I will say, which one is the neighbor? And you say, the one who showed mercy. And I'll quote Jesus telling us today, go and do likewise. Okay? Let's practice. Which one is the neighbor? Go and do likewise. A couple of weeks ago, I had supper with a preacher friend of mine who teaches at David Lipscomb University. He was in town, emailed me a few weeks ahead of time, said, hey, you want to go grab supper? I'm going to be in. I'll be like, yeah, let's go. So we go and we sit. During the course of the meal, he told me that he was preparing a sermon on the Good Samaritan. And knowing that we here were in the middle of a season of mercy, and after we had the talking, I thought, you know, I'm going to go off script and I'm going to fold this story into today, and it was coming today, um, you know, just interrupt our regularly scheduled program because of the ending of the story in this powerful punchline. And I told him, I said, you know what, I've been thinking about this because of the season that we're in, and I think I'm going to preach this on February 12th. So we got to talking about he was going to preach it and how I was going to, and we started brainstorming. And I said, you know what? I've got an idea. I'm going to, right in the middle of the sermon, and then throughout the sermon, I'm going to look at, you know, our loved ones in church, and I'm going to say, which one is the neighbor? And then I'm going to get them to say, yeah, and then I'll quote Jesus, go and do likewise. And as my friend at dinner and I talked more and more about the story and empathy and compassion and mercy, he said, okay, I want to ask you a question. And I've been asking preacher friends of mine this question for the last few weeks. So I just want to ask you, where does empathy come from? We might say, where's compassion? Where does mercy? Where does it come from? So he asked another preacher friend of ours that question, and the friend of ours looked at him and said, you're asking the wrong question. It's not where does it come from. You know, most of us, especially if you've had little kids, and they get to playing, they're merciful creatures. You know, they, can, they can be so merciful to us and so forgiving but it's the world that just chips away at it over time and just wears you down, and wears down your mercy. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting perspective. And He said, but forget about that. What about you? What do you say? Um, you know, where, where does mercy, empathy, compassion, where does it come from? And I said, you know, for me, whenever I read this story and other stories like this where... There's a demand for mercy. I said, I think it's important to not forget what it's like to be the guy in the ditch. You ever been the guy in the ditch? But even as I said that, picturing myself as the guy in the ditch and 
preaching in such a way that would remind you also, don't forget what it's like to be in the guy in the ditch. It suddenly occurred to me like a cartoon piano just smashing on the sidewalk in front of me. The story of Jesus here also reminds us, don't forget what it's like to be the priest. Don't forget what it's like to be the Levite. Those times when you passed by on the other side even though you saw a need. Don't forget what it's like to be the guy who looks the other way. Because you notice that in the reading, right? Priest happens by, and what does the priest do first? He saw him. The Levite comes by, saw him. The Samaritan walks by and saw him. Also, don't neglect the person right in front of you while you're showing mercy to others. Because I was talking to someone about this passage too and talking to a lot of people about this passage and one of the people said... um, who grew up in a very strict Christian household, she said, you know, one of my experiences was some of the people in my household were so busy looking for opportunities to show mercy to the guy in the ditch that they forgot to show it to me. The Good Samaritan story has the guy in the ditch, the priest, the Levite, The Samaritan, there's the innkeeper, there's you, and then there's the pop quiz. The end of the story, Jesus says, now there's going to be a pop quiz. Which one is the neighbor? Go and do likewise. But mercy doesn't have to be a grand action like rescuing someone on the side of the road. I mean, it might, but it can also be the smallest act of kindness to someone in the world that the world is telling you is not worth your time. She's the young woman working at the register at the store. You don't know her story, but she is unfriendly and she is inattentive. She barely looks you in the eye and she barely looks any of the customers in the eye, if at all. You had this experience... All right, you're third in line. The woman first in line at the register now takes her receipt and shouts sarcastically to the girl behind the register, thank you, and walks off. She mutters something under her breath. The older gentleman right in front of you steps up and says to the girl behind the register, you having a bad day? girl looks at him and just pulls her mouth to the side and nods yes ever so slightly. She doesn't say anything, but the man does. He tells her, you know, every person we meet gives us the opportunity to live into your own ups and downs. In the meantime, take good care of yourself. I'm rooting for you. 
The girl sighs, appears to smile a little, but there's a slight glimmer in her eye. Might be a tear she's trying to hold back. He takes his receipt and walks out of the store. And now it's your turn up to the register. Before you step up, you hear echoes of Jesus and maybe even our little exercise this morning, the very exercise where I say line one, which one is the neighbor, and then you say, and then we all have to listen to Jesus telling us and reminding us, go and do likewise. When you pray, do you ask God for judgment or mercy? When was the last time you prayed, hey God, judge me with everything you got. Judge me according to the letter of the law. Or do you pray, Lord have mercy. Go and do likewise. Go be a little salty. Go be the luminous God-reflecting being that you are, lighting up the world with God's light. And go live, you righteous children of God, joyfully following the teachings of Jesus, even to the least stroke of a pen. Every one of us this week will see the guy in the ditch. We'll see a girl at the register. We'll see ourselves in the mirror. And we'll see a world full of earthquakes and shootings and shouting heads on television. But we'll also see our co-workers and we'll see our friends and the people in our own home. Which path will you choose? What kind of person will you be this week? Sometimes it may be just a simple and merciful yes. Or a simple and merciful no. In your opportunities to live the teachings of Jesus this week, let us approach our lives with this question and let us answer it with our lives. Which one is the neighbor? Go and do likewise. Amen.